eventually we'll get him to cut down on his incessant correcting of everybody. Uh, I'm okay. I'm glad you use that word correctly. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at you from super hot, hot Southern California, this is The Keeg. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and today we have some big news to go over with you. E3 happened this weekend, a lot of video game news, but even comic books, geek-related news, we got a lot to go over. Thing is, I can't just do this alone. I am just one man and I need some support. So today, I have here with me my lovely guest, Yasser Malik. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Awesome. And we have Hero Carlisle. Hey, 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 everybody. How's it going? Uh, Yasser. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Drove down an hour and a half to get here from Burbank because traffic sucks in LA. But uh, other than that, not doing too bad. That is super dedicated. I mean, I'm a fan. I I got to come down and show my support. Plus, I don't get to be on very often, so this is a cool opportunity. I get to finally be on the key again. Yeah, and the topics that we're going over today uh, with E3 is all in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, I I mean, this is probably actually is kind of interesting because in preparation for this episode, I actually sat down and watched all three, four major press conferences just in case I had to talk about it this week. So now I'm I'm fully wow. prepared. There That's we go. Cool. That's Hero. dedication, man. <laughs> uh, what did you do to prepare for today? Um, uh, let's see. I I smoked a bowl of weed last night. Okay. <laughs> Good. Hopped on the internet, watched a lot of YouTube, um, and I read a book called Retromania because I keep my promises, and I'm going to be talking about nostalgia culture today. Awesome. Awesome. So today is Father's Day. Today is Sunday. It's Father's Day. Uh the goal is to get this episode out by tonight, but even if it's out tomorrow, you got, you know, uh, Father's Day that, you know, just passed. But the point being is... You should honor your father every single day, not just one day. So this episode still works. Yeah, sir. You are such a good boy. <laughs> My dad actually said that line to me one time when I said Happy Father's Day to him. I haven't said Happy Father's Day to him since. <laughs> <laughs> You're That's <ha> what he gets. <laughs> your happy Father's Day was not good enough for your dad. Nope. <laughs> so if there is not a better, like, uh, if you can't condense what it's like to be a son into my happy Father's Day was not good enough for my dad, I don't know what does it. That's like that's quintessentially <laughs> what it's like to be a son. <laughs> um, because it is Father's Day, I want to propose to you guys a query. Okay. All right. So riddle me this. In fiction, who is the best father or father figure? Someone who would be celebrated during Father's Day. This is a this is a tough one. Um you know, I, I was racking my brain on this and you know, I was trying to think of mostly biological fathers at first and so you know, for a lot of the stuff that I love to listen to or, or read or have watched over the years, fathers haven't really been, I couldn't think of one that's really relevant to the story outside of being the motivating factor for the hero to go on their journey. You know, most of the time they either die or they get to, to hear someone has to avenge them. 
So I was just trying to try to think of an, is there any story or movie or something where the father is just the father? He's just that's what that's his main purpose in the storyline. And so I came up with the father and my neighbor Totoro. Um, oh yeah, that's that's really good. He's he's just a dad who loves his daughters, and his wife is you know sick in the hospital, so he moves his daughters out to the countryside. But all in all, for all intents and purposes, he's just a dad. You know, he takes care of his girls. He you know he he sleep he goes to takes them to bed. You know, sleeps uh, at puts them to bed and stuff like that. So he's just a good father overall, and he also lets them have their freedom to run around and explore their new city, their new town, their new environment. You know, he helps them kind of mature as they get older and i and i and i really really appreciate that that was that you know there's nothing there's there's nothing totoro is not a very like there's not a world story there's not world stakes it's just a family and he's a really good father in that regard and so i i thought of him as my perfect father in in my favorite properties yeah i like that i like that that's good you got one hero yeah it well it's funny um you were going to say the same thing? No. Uh, <laughs> do you know who did the voice in the American dubbing of the dad in Totoro? Your dad? No, Tim <laughs> Tim Daly, oh. who also does the voice of Superman in Superman the Animated Series, which is a segue oh my God, into right. my, uh, my pick for fathers, which is Pa Kent, the OG of fathers. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, because like, he, he is just a father. He's a farmer. You know, he, he he doesn't have some, like, elaborate backstory. He's not like Thomas Wayne where it's like, oh, maybe he was Batman. It's just like there's no universe where Pa Kent is going to be Superman. <laughs> He's going to be working on a farm in Kansas in Smallville, like, doing what he does. But because he was such a good father, he took um, a, a seemingly impossible situation, which is how do you raise a god and and raise them to be a good uh upstanding individual and contrary to a lot of popular media he's still kicking around in the comics just being an awesome dad demanding that his son comes you know every weekend to have dinner with his you know his folks and he's still going out to the field every day and husking that corn or whatever what what is the uh what is the agriculture shucking shucking the corn Mm -hmm. you know i would say (laughs) i would say gohan Grandpa Gohan from that's Dragon Ball also, Z. Actually, it's a, that's a really good one. But he's just a ripoff of Paul Kent, Pa Kent. He's literally just Pa Kent. But, you know, he's also a martial artist who trains Goku. So it's like, it's a hedge your bets, but Pa Kent is my vote. Does, does Pa Kent come back? I thought he has a heart attack. Well, it depends in what, in what like, story. I personally don't think that Pa Kent has to die to put Clark on his journey. No, I think it serves... I think it serves Clark better to have that person he can go to, to have a kind of a moral compass that he can check in with to keep him kind of grounded. But yeah, in the films, in most of the films, they usually depict Pa Kent as dying. Um, but in the animated series, he's alive. In most of the comics, he's still alive. I think they killed him off and brought him back a couple of times. Yeah, depending on reboots and whatnot. Wasn't it like Death of Superman? Pa Kent literally went into the afterlife to get like Superman back? I don't remember that. I don't think, I mean, that sounds cool. It does sound cool. Mm -hmm. I remember reading that. It's been so long since I've read Death of Superman. Hmm. Okay. Uh, My pick is Bowser. Wow. From Mario. (laughs) I I am in love with that choice. All right. And the reasoning is, is, yes, Bowser is bad, right? Uh Does he ever slap around his kids? Nope. No. 
He doesn't. He has a lot of kids. I mean, he has Bowser Jr., right? Mm-hmm. You can only really have one Jr., right? Like, mm-hmm. that's fair. Bowser Jr., but he has all the other Koopas, right? Those are all his kids, right? Like, all the Koopas? Aren't or they? No, no, no. Of... Uh, not all the Koopas, but, like, Iggy and, like, those guys. Uh, it's kind of still debatable. Yasser would know. but uh, To be honest, like, so Bowser Jr. is the only one I think they've said outright is his son. In some versions, the Koopalines are just his, like, top minions. Mm. And well, and sometimes know. they are his kids. I think it's like well, that's even better. He adopted them and raised them as if they were his kids. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, he is the father figure of that yeah. entire group. I mean, it's not like there's another. Not like they all have fathers running around and with he them. He taught right? him how to race. He oh, taught yeah. him how to play sports. Yeah, he taught him how to lead people. You know, sure, yeah, his plan is to conquer Mushroom the Mushroom Kingdom. Kingdom <laughs> but let's be honest. That that economy is based around cake. It's not a sustainable resource. <laughs> is it based around cake. Princess Peach makes a lot of cake. Oh. <laughs> That's all she does. She makes cake and gets kidnapped. That's her whole modus operandi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I just think that like Bowser takes Bowser Jr. everywhere. He give he gave him a little uh, his little like flying contraption thing, right? That was what Bowser used to have, right? Because um, in Super Mario World, right for Super Nintendo, Bowser has that clown the clown car, the cl- the flying clown copter, clown copter thing, and now Bowser Jr. has it, right? Like he handed him it down. Like there is, there's nobody out there that cares more about his son than Bowser does to Bowser Jr. Did you guys ever hear of that really weird Miyamoto statement where someone asked him who Bowser Jr.'s mom really is? No, Miyamoto said it was Miyamoto. <laughs> That like, Miyamoto was the like, I created him, so he's he's my my son. Miyamoto is such a weird cat. <laughs> like I would love to have a conversation with that dude, but I feel like if I did, I'd come out of it just being like everything I know is wrecked. <laughs> like he's so weird. There was a lot of a lot of weird continuity errors in Mario, like throughout the whole well, thing, right? Like, because there's they... the game guides that used to have like the background information that is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the in the original uh, NES Mario, every single block was a toad. Yeah, so yeah that's you, right. Every time you break a block, you murder a toad. And you're <laughs> like, wait, like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, wasn't it in um, Mario Sunshine where they established uh, Bowser Jr. is Peach's kid? No, I think so. In Sunshine, Bowser convinces Bowser Jr. that Peach is his kid because that's another way for him to get Peach. Oh. But in reality, I'm I'm. I'm almost positive Peach is not technically his mom. He it's just a thinks fa- it's it a is. fan theory. I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, because I was under the impression that Koopas reproduced asexually, which would make a lot more sense because we've never seen like uh, a Mrs. Bowser. That's true. And but we also, have seen female Koopas. Wendy's well, the female Koopa. Yeah. Well, wait, hang on. I thought she was a crossdresser. Which one's the no Birdo? I was okay. just about to bring up Birdo. That like that does explain Birdo. Yeah, well, but now, now Birdo's been retconned to being kind of Yoshi's. No, it used to be. He was retconned away from being Yoshi's like love interest, right? Yeah, when they remembered, they were like, hang on, this is problematic. But they're probably going to switch it back in a couple of years when they're like, look at how progressive we are. I just, I just, it's always fun to see like story and continuity coming through Mario games. Like Super Mario Bros. 3 is a play. Like yeah. Super Mario Bros. 2 is a dream sequence. <laughs> it's like, it's always fun to me. Well, yeah. I mean that's and that and actually I know we'll talk about this later, but with with Odyssey now, it's actually some really interesting like throwbacks to the original all four previous games in the Mario series. Like it, it actually is, a, and it has a weird 
story continuity thing. It's actually really crazy. We'll, we'll talk about that later. You yeah. hear that, listeners? This long tangential conversation about Mario wasn't pointless. It's actually segue into Mario Odyssey, which we will get to at a later point. But it really is going to segue into a little bit of news. Oh. Uh, recent news. Super Nintendo World. Right? Uh, I believe a couple years ago, uh, on the first season of the Keeg, we talked about a Nintendo World coming to Universal, right? That was a long time ago, and we hadn't really heard much news since then. Well, there has been a leaked map, um, a mock-up map for Nintendo World and the different rides that they may have. Uh, there is, for sure, going to be a Mario Kart augmented reality ride. I can't wait. Dope. Yeah, that's literally what I've been waiting most of my life for. As long I mean, as it's not a roller coaster, I'm yeah. down. Well, there is going to be a roller coaster, from what I'm hearing, a Donkey Kong minecart roller coaster. Oh, my God. Uh, that's going to be a lot of deaths on that thing. Yes. There's Dude, what if it has the jumps? Like, if they could figure out how to do the jumps, that would I would not ride it because I'm afraid of heights, but that would be so super cool. With, like, a weightlessness to it? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would terrify me. Uh, that would be great. Um, and as well as... In the mock-up, they mentioned that there's Kirby's Kid Land, which makes it seem like the whole Super Nintendo world doesn't necessarily mean it's all for kids. I mean, it is for kids. But to have a specific Kirby section that is for, like, little kids makes, me see, it, makes it seem that there will be a wide age range of people going to it, and they know that, right? Yeah, I mean, this is supposed to be... The size of Harry Potter world, right? This is not supposed to be just a small little section. This no, is like no, a major, be, yeah. major world. According to the mock-up map, they, uh, you, it's a big area. It's a huge area with many different uh, things in it, like a pizza place called Mario and Luigi's Pizza. Wow. These are the tie-ins that I've been waiting for, like, my whole life. Like, why not have Mario and Luigi's pizza? Well, because they're plumbers, and I don't trust their cleanliness. <laughs> <laughs> like, just right off the bat. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, It should be Toadstool's pizza because he's a mushroom and mushrooms go on pizzas. Oh, no. You can't. (laughs) No. That would be horrible. Okay, fine. Bowser's Barbecue. That's safe. Bowser's Barbecue is safe. Yeah. I agree with that. He cooks with the lava. That's all good. It's all good. Ooh. That'd be cool if there was like a lava theme to it. There's got to be some kind of Bowser's Castle. Because obviously the the main attraction is going to be Princess Peach's castle the mushroom kingdom yeah. castle but there's got to be a bowser castle somewhere like in the backside or something like that of the castle mm. there's going to be a hyrule attraction that's that, all i know oh my god it, what if, if i really quickly what do you guys think the hyrule attraction could be do you think it's going to be like a sword fighting or horseback riding or um well universal as a whole is really into um track projection rides which mm. is you you sit and they project screens and the coaster moves uh variously through a warehouse showing you different screens if you've been on you know, uh, the Transformers ride is like that. The Simpsons ride is like that. Spider-Man's ride like that. Spider-Man's ride Fast is like that. Fast and the Furious is like that. That seems to be what they've developed because it economizes space. So I can see, like, all of them being that. And what? so I don't think it'll be, like, any one event. I think what they'll try and do is walk you through an entire game. So, like, like, a, like a Legend of Zelda game could just be, like, Water Temple, Fire Temple, Forest Temple, you know, uh, Twilight Temple, Fight Ganon save the day you know like it could go through all of those things um a mario a princess peach would follow the same kind of format like get 
you know, a highlight reel of, uh, you know, greatest hits. That's that's my thought. That's probably what they'll do because they're really cheap um, and be and they'd just be using computer animation for most of it. They don't actually have to build a lot of practical um, stuff. They can't make all the rides the same, though. And I feel like they're already doing like an augmented reality Mario Kart. Maybe they'll do something like in Disneyland with Astro Blasters where yeah. you could fight back. Yeah. Right? So I think those kind of rides could be developed as well. Maybe for Metroid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the other Oh yeah, they they'd have to have a Metroid. There I think there'd probably be an F Zero coaster. Ooh. I think as much as I hate roller coasters, like F Zero speed. Oh dude. It's like racing a, like like the cars to. kinda ride, but like faster and edgier. Mm. Like you have to, like it's it's a perfect. It's like it's like the the DK minecart, right? Like yeah. it's a perfect. It's already a built-in ride. You just got to figure out how to bring it to life. What about Pokemon? Anything for Pokemon? Uh, one thing that I noticed is called Pokemon Training Academy. That's all I know. If I can go around and fight gym leaders, like that would like, be dude. Literally, that's thing. all I want, dude. It would like, be so I cool. I just want to do that. I would I would spend all my time in just that in just that one land. Just oh, yeah. to get all the gyms. I, I would be the best thing in the world. If you could get gym badges, dude, oh, I would I would be there all the time. Yeah. I think I well, literally said this two years ago. If they had literally where you could catch 151 Pokemon in the ride and there wasn't enough time in one ride to catch all of them, right? Uh-huh. I would be there every weekend. Yeah. Like, could you imagine bringing like your 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 team from your Switch, your Game Boy, like to the park and like, oh my god, challenging like. Mm. Like walk around with it? No, they could totally do that. They could incorporate with Pokemon Go, and have like events specifically at the theme park. You know, like they could get really devious with it, which is like rather than having gym leaders all year round, you could like the gym leaders are only like one month out of the year to encourage people to go all year round. Ooh. Be like, Lieutenant Surge is only in March. I need to go. It would be. It would make so much money <laughs> if. Okay, this is what I said a long time ago. For Pokemon's 20, 20th anniversary, I said that Coca-Cola should have done a thing where on a can is each Pokemon is one Pokemon out of the original 150, right? Mm-hmm. And people would buy so many Cokes just to collect the cans. But you don't only have to do with Coke, you can do with anything. Point being is the drive to catch them all is something that like None of these th- places are really capitalizing on, right? Yeah. People will go to try to catch them all. The, the, at the same time, though, I, you got to probably restrict it to one or two generations because I think now it's like over 800 plus. Right. They would stick would be... with the original, just like Pokemon Go did, right? Yeah. Well, Pokemon Go does have uh, specs to include. They included new. Two. Yeah, no, yeah. they did already. Oh, they did yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool, I, cool, cool. I don't play it anymore. But point being is that. You're a generation one snob. I get it. No, no, no. I was I had just had my personal qualms with Pokemon Go. I I think they <sighs> should I go into it really? Do we have time? Basically, I think that they should have released Pokemon Go two as a separate game and done it at the start of this summer so that they could have corrected the kinks with Pokemon Go the first time around, then do a separate exp- like uh, thing, just like they did with the video games. They had Gold and Silver, right? So they could have had Pokemon Go Gold and Silver as a separate app, and they release one app roughly every year, And because people are really doing it over the summer. That's when it was yeah, hit big. Yeah, that's when it was big. And they didn't correct 
all the stuff they needed to correct in the first round, and then they started releasing new Pokemon. They don't even have legendary Pokemon from the first generation yeah. out yet. They really need to put those so in So they kind of jumped the, uh, you know, they dropped the ball and they jumped the shark and they all the, those idioms there. That's my personal thing. Point being is, I'm super excited for Super Nintendo World. If they play their cards right, I will buy a year pass and I will be there every weekend and I will dress up and I will collect the badges and catch them all. It's still going to be a while though here because Japan is 2020 for the Olympics. That's going first, and then it's going to come to Hollywood and Florida. Yeah, it's going to come to Florida first, too, by a couple of years, because they be. have to figure out how they're going to fit it into Studio City. You know, there's only so much space. That's true. I but hate, I, I mean, hate both of you guys. <laughs> let's be honest. I'm going to be 45, and I'm going to get a year-long pass for this. Like, Dude, I know. I know, Yasser. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's where this inevitably goes. It's going to be Westworld with Pokemon, and I cannot wait. I don't care if I'm 65. I don't care if I'm Ed Harris walking around like the man in black. I'm going to be catching Pokemon in my 60s. And Punching kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, could you fuck Pokemon in those? No, like... I would not want to fuck Pokemon, but I would fuck uh, Nurse Joy. Mm, I call Officer Jenny. Yeah. All right. Fine. Yasser? Oh, man. Well, if this is Super Nintendo World, you can get Rosalina finally. Not Mario's daughter. No, that what Mario's what? daughter. Mario's daughter. Yeah, dude. None no. of you. None of you got wise guys watch game theory. Ro- he basically proves genetically using using like real biological facts that Rosalina has to be Mario's daughter. Using For what? Yeah, like using watch time it. travel. Then she becomes yeah, one with the galaxy. Yeah, she does. She does. It all makes sense. Watch the video. Game theory. All right, I'll, I'll watch this when I get home. That's a, that's an interesting one. I highly recommend Game Theory just in general. It's a fantastic uh, web series. All right, there we go. Game Theory now owes us money for advertising. You do, you do, <laughs> you do, you little dick. <laughs> All right, uh, another piece of news. Uh, Marvel right now is going through what's known as Secret Empire, right? And that is that Red Skull, essentially, long story short, Red Skull has rewritten Captain America's past and his history using the Cosmic Cube that makes Captain America Hydra the whole time. And so a lot of people were upset about that, but they're not realizing that Red Skull's done that to Falcon before. The Cosmic Cube will be overturned and blah, blah, blah. Right now, Secret Empire is about Hydra being led by Cap, taking over the world, and having his not-so-secret empire. Thing is, is that, I mean... Some people hate it, some people love it, but what's to come out of Secret Empire, as happens with all these uh, Marvel big events, is there's something afterwards, which is called Marvel Legacy. And what Marvel Legacy is going to do is introduce an Avengers team. Again, I don't know if it's a name, if it's not a name, or they literally do call themselves Avengers, but Avengers from the year 1 million BC. <laughs> which would which would include characters such as Odin and Iron Fist from that time. What? Starbrand. I don't know who that is. Phoenix. The Phoenix Force? I don't know. I'm just saying. Black Panther. Okay. Agamotto. Okay. And Ghost Rider. Okay. Here's the weird thing, though. In the year 1 million BC, there were only 20,000 humans on Earth. We were outnumbered by gorillas and chimpanzees. 
Uh, That's who the threat is. So, so there <laughs> would be no God. there would be no country of Wakanda unless they literally come out of Wakanda. Yeah, they're all Wakanda. Yeah, they're all Wakandans. So Black <laughs> Panther, Iron Fist, which is going to be really confusing with Odin just kind of like chilling with the Wakandans. Yeah, there's no white people for him. <laughs> like, well, yeah, no, they can't be called the Avengers because the 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 root word for avenge wouldn't exist for another. Do they nine hundred? And ninety-seven thousand years. Like, do they even have language and like writing and speech at one million BC? I don't think no, they did. No, no. Uh, language is recorded at its earliest at eleven um, hundred. So, like uh, ten thousand BC is the absolute earliest that we developed language, and this is still nine hundred and ninety. <laughs> thousand years before that this is what's wrong with comics right here this is like you couldn't do your homework odin didn't exist as as a conceptual thought until until the the until settlers settled in the russia and germany regions and the norway regions like odin goes back to woden he goes back like the earliest to like maybe maybe 4000 bc at the earliest, and now we're supposed to believe that. Well, I get it; he's an alien in that universe. Yeah. But the, like Agamotto, I thought he was Chinese. Like, isn't Agamotto? <laughs> no, I think Agamotto's an extra-dimensional being. Oh, I thought he was. Human. I thought I thought he was. I mean, yeah, no, I thought he was out. human. I thought the whole thing was like he was the most powerful human wizard. I, I am. I will say, this sounds so stupid, like beyond stupid. Like they, how how possibly stupid is this? But I do want to see. 1 million BC, I want to see Ghost Rider riding a goddamn woolly mammoth. <laughs> Can you imagine like a fiery, skeletal, <sighs> demonic wood, woolly mammoth? And then like it gets taken down by whatever the threat is, and he just like jumps onto like a saber-toothed tiger and turns that into like a hellcat. Oh, oh man. Like he's just he's just jumping from prehistoric um, animal to prehistoric animal. Like he's riding a giant fucking sloth. I was like, about to claw. say. Oh, <laughs> man, that would be amazing. I would sign up for that just yes. as a slot. I'm just thinking about the characters from Ice Age blowing up and turning into fiery skeletons. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, oh that, is that going to be related to Secret Empire anyway? No, or is it I think just it, another event? I think maybe it's coming out of this idea that just like they've expanded in, in universe that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been around way longer than you think and saying that HYDRA has been around way longer than you think, well... They're just saying that the concept of Avengers has been around longer than you think. Here's my two cents, though. I'm excited. I want to see how it turns out. I want to see these designs. I want to see that. Uh, maybe in 20,000 uh, or 1 million BC, maybe there's more than 20,000 people on this planet in the Marvel Universe. Because keep in mind, the Kree came to the Marvel world, experimented on early humans to create inhumans. So the point being is that I'm excited to see what happens from this. Um, and if they do it right, it would make sense. Not if they say literally the word Avengers, but whatever language they have, it roughly translates to Avengers. And, but, or even if they don't even call themselves Avengers, I'm fine with that. We don't need that. Ugh, super group. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and also, they did something similar with the X-Men. Uh, that took place in the 1940s or 1960s in the comics that had uh, Sabretooth on the team. Uh, and it was, I forget what it was called, but they were considered the, the first X-Men, but I don't think they ever called themselves X-Men. 
And so it was just a mutant group that was around before were a team up of superpowers, right? So with these Avengers, maybe it's just that the most powerful people in this time, you know, got together. And by the way, for those of you who, for the select few of you who have read Justice League of America, The Obsidian Age, Justice League had a concept, which actually this really reminds me of. Justice League had a concept that there were was a group of Justice League uh, in the old, old times, and there was an alien that was raised by Hebrews, and he's like, he doesn't look human, but he he was almost the Superman of that ancient oh, okay. time. Okay. And there was like an Amazonian type woman okay. with, uh, who wasn't, she wasn't from Themyscira, but the point being is there was a bunch of different ancient ones. Actually, Hero, would you'd be really interested in that. If you I haven't. Want the, yeah, uh, Obsidian Age. Yeah, check because it out. basically the, they kill the Justice League and there's a second group of Justice League that comes in. It's so good. Uh-huh. Obsidian Age is one of my favorites. By one of my favorite Justice League writers and artists. So oh, I'll check it's it out. literally Obsidian similar Age. to this. Who's the author and artist? Uh, Joe Kelly is the uh, author. He's the writer. He did the run after um, Grant Morrison, pretty much. I'm assuming the bad guy is Vandal Savage. No, it's... um. Wow. Ra- ra- uh, what's his name? Ramakan, I think. Oh. There was a there was a guy who was introduced in in a Justice League comic that was like an enemy of Wonder Woman, and then they have his ancestor who might still be him. Nobody mm. knew, mm, mm. but he can control the soil from his home country. Weird and, and so he brings it with power. him, oh. and like he creates things. That's uh, like a I don't know if any of you guys watched Naruto. There was a character in Naruto that was like that. Mm. Oh yeah 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 mm. the uh, the ninja. The ninja. <laughs> um, all right, final thought on Marvel Legacy. Yeah. Um, remind me, T'Challa, the current Black Panther, his mm. father's name is T'Chaka, correct? Yes. All right, so I have a theory mm-hmm. that the naming scheme, because K comes before L, so like um, T'Challa's kids will be named T'Chama because mm-hmm. M follows L, right? Mm-hmm. So I want this Black Panther to be the first Black Panther. I want his name to just be A. Like every every generation, they they add another letter to the name at a certain point. So like, I want him to be like a t- a T'Challa or something like that. Like, I want him to be the first one or T'Cha, yeah, or just T. Like, it's just T A. Like they hadn't added the rest of the yeah. letters yet. That's what I want. That's my final thought. I guess we would have to ask a linguistics professor. <laughs> oh yeah, because they definitely did. Ugh, this is so stupid. What? The whole thing, Marvel, Marvel Legacy. That's such a stupid. We'll just see. set it in like ancient Egypt, guys. Right. I would like that. That's what the Obsidian Age was kind of yeah. like, because um, it was before. It was definitely BC, but it wasn't one million BC. Yeah. Because here's a here's a here's he, this puts history in perspective. It's a question I ask on every first date I go on, because um, <laughs> I don't want to date dumb people. All right. How um, do you feel about? Our son be named Tachama. <laughs> <laughs> That's date two. Date one's question is, which is closer, us to Julius Caesar or Jesus, if I'm already getting the feeling that they're kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so us to Julius Caesar or Julius Caesar to the pyramids. Which is closer? The the first one, because I've heard that with Cleopatra. Cleopatra yeah. is the closer to us uh-huh. than Cleopatra was to the building of the Great Pyramids. Yeah. Uh, by three times. Oh, yeah. 
the 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 pyramids were built in 6000 BC. That's 8000 years ago that they were built. So by the time Julius Caesar is conquering Egypt, there have been these things for so like that is impo- that's impossible for me to like fully grasp my mind around, right? To be like, "Oh yeah, that thing is 3 times older than my relation like it's just you don't need to set stuff a million years in the past. That is too far. That's so stupid. I feel humans like didn't even look like humans. I feel like Marvel was just like, you know, what's cooler than a thousand year BC? A million BC. That's it. Yeah. DC art also did something called DC one million, which was one million years into the future. But they p- properly they did it that the concepts are like not even comprehensible to us. Yeah. Like, if you if you read it, we're talking about, like, sentient, like, impulse of, of 1 million, DC 1 million was a sentient impulse. Like, he can jump from mind to mind as a sentient form of thought. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. There's And then, so there's been some crazy things in DC. So we'll see where that takes us as far as Marvel Legacy is concerned. Speaking about Marvel... And legacy, and the concept of legacy. Sony has been in talks, right, to make these Spider-Man spin-off movies. We've talked about it in the past, last couple episodes. And they've kind of flip-flopped because they recently have declared Amy Pascal, or Pascal, uh, Amy Pascal. I believe it's pronounced Pascal. Yeah, Pascal's Triangle. uh, Named after her, actually. Really? Little known fact. Wow. Wow. She's an immortal. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Amy Pascal, producer from Sony, has stated now that Sony's Spider-Man spinoff movies, such as Black Cat, Silver Sable, or Venom, will now be in the same universe as Spider-Man Homecoming. They will don't necessarily need to take place in the same spot. They'll be adjunct. So that leads everything to believe that this will all be Marvel Cinematic Universe. My... Opinion is that it will be Marvel Cinematic Universe, but no one will be able to use that in their movies. They just won't. It'll still be part of continuity. Yeah, because what what I um it's it's interesting because I read a similar thing today. I didn't read the uh, Amy Pascal quote itself, so I'm not I'm not 100. But I what I heard is that uh, Tom Holland, our proverbial Spider-Man, is going to be featured in the spin-offs. And that does no one has announced yet if that means those spin-offs are going to be part of the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. What I'm I'm one I'm relieved. I'm re- I'm relieved because that Definitely. addresses like like I said uh, in um, in a previous podcast, you can't have Venom without Spider-Man. I literally saw a tattoo that was a yin-yang tattoo. Um, and uh, but it was Spider-Man and Venom. That like, sounds as amazing. A it was it was on a total douchebag, but it was such well, a cool tattoo yeah, it's a that I that tattoo. I didn't I didn't hate the dude forever. I was like, you know what? You got a cool tattoo. I'm gonna let you slide this time. It was so cool. Um, but you can't have Spider-Man and Venom not exist in the same universe. You can't have Black Cat without Spider-Man. Like you can, you can, but you need it. It helps if yeah. you have them. I like their relationship. Um, Otherwise, she's just Catwoman. And if it's if it's a one sided thing, like Tom Holland will be included, but like none of the none of the other Marvel characters will be in those films, that's fine. Um, I would I would still love to see something like Venom included in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
But what it sounds like is, um, at the very least, they're loosening the restrictions that they had originally placed. And if it means in a couple of years that we're going to have a Venom and Guardians of the Galaxy crossover, ooh, ooh, baby, I'm psyched. It's all about the Clintar. Uh, Just got to wait, guys. Just got to be patient. Good things come to those who wait. Here's the exact quote. Amy Pascal has said, and I quote, it will all take place in the world we are now creating for Peter Parker. It'll be adjunct to it. It may be different locations, but it will all still be in the same world, and they will be connected to each other as well. Oh, dude. The, yes. The Tom Holland Spider-Man, that can be used now. All the Marvel movies, like yeah. Avengers and Homecoming, obviously Homecoming. My understanding like- of the original deal was Spider-Man as an individual character can be used in any Marvel cinematic film. Um, and it was just Spider-Man. Now... Obviously, villains come with Spider-Man. Um, that's where it gets murky. That's where, like, that's where before we were very confused about, like, what's the line with Venom? What's the line with Silver Sable? What's the line with Cloak and Dagger? Because technically, Cloak and Dagger are Spider-Man characters originally. Um, I don't know if they were given up as part of a different deal or what. But it from that quote saying it's part of the same universe, that that means it's. It sounds like it's all going to be free game. I mean, I, I doubt it's going to be free game, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally would love to, because I want Norman Osborn in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Norman Osborn's the biggest like ca- uh, villain from Spider-Man 2. Like, he needs to grace Marvel. for uh, And just like Doctor Doom is with Fantastic Four, yes. I think the biggest, biggest problem is not the fact that we don't have the Fantastic Four in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's that we don't have Doctor Doom. Yes. That is the biggest thing for me. Because um, those, like Doctor Doom and Norman, like those are kind of the villains that kind of transcend beyond their just single, yeah, absolutely, and have a protagonist antagonist relationship. So. Yeah, like Kingpin, right? And I would just love to see like Robert Downey Jr. interact with a Norman Osborn. Like, what would their relationship be? Mm, yeah. You know, pull pull a little bit from the Ultimate Marvel, which w- was uh, growing up. That's the that's the Marvel I cut my teeth on. Um, all of it comes back to Captain America. So you could have a more Norman Osborn who's obsessed with Captain America. Um, uh, you could have him, you could, you could have something like, you could throw Doc Ock in there, and Doc Ock is just cast in shaded Iron Man, just be like, oh, your suits are nice, but have you ever, you know, thought beyond that? You know, kind of hinting at his inevitable future or something like that. You could have Alistair Smythe in there, J. Jonah Jameson. There's so much potential fun and I, I I hope that they continue with this trend and they just say, you know what, let's play together. Let's have fun together and make a lot of money and make a lot of people happy. It's a sandbox, right? Yeah. And like you can't it it sucks when the kid in the sandbox is like, no, it's my toys. It's We're a sandbox that prints money. Like guys. It's literal. Like guys, come on. Did they did they cast a Norman Osborne for homecoming or No. No. No, they, they did the smart thing, which was keeping Norman Osborn out of the first movie. Yeah, entirely. Uh, Hero and I have talked about this before. Basically, I feel like I feel like superhero movies blow their load too quickly, and they pick their biggest, greatest enemy in the first movie, and they don't build up to anything. Because then, <laughs> so Joker in in the Batman '89, right? Or uh, Lex Luthor in Superman. Okay, understandable. You maybe you need Lex Luthor there, right? But 
uh, X-Men having Magneto. I don't know. And Magneto's in every X-Men movie. The point yeah. being is, you well, know. I mean, with Dark Knight, Joker came in the second one. Right, because they learned from their mistakes. And, and it was a brilliant. Right, brilliant Spider-Man show. had Green Goblin in the first one. Well, like a, a great example is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Yasser, I know you haven't seen it. The bad guy is Ares. Ares is probably like Wonder Woman's quintessential bad guy. They kill him. Who's she going to fight now? I disagree. So okay. I think that <laughs> Ares is one of her biggest baddest, right? Uh-huh. As far as gods are concerned. But in the world of man or in the world of magic meets man, Cersei yeah. is, is one of her yeah, big ones. And true. Cheetah. Yeah. I think those are his her big three. And she's lucky enough that she's not as well known that you have that room to. That's you could true. do the next one, Cheetah, and the All next right, one, uh, A better example is Jessica Jones. The purple man. It's only, yeah, she only has that. And where do we go from here? Yeah. We'll find out. Well, supposedly Typhoid Mary, actually. Oh, that's, I would be down for yeah, some Typhoid Mary. That's what I've heard. Rumor for Jessica Jones season two. That'd be fun. Typhoid Mary. Kind mm. of, yeah, playing with survivor guilt and how people deal with emotions and suppressing emotions and things like that. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. So I think that with the Spider-Man movies, I don't know. How does that affect... Uh, someone like you, Yasser, who's who likes Spider-Man, but uh, uh, I mean, you're not like reading the comics like all the time, and like your investment in Spider-Man is as like a mainstream person, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, so, how does having a different universe or the same universe like affect you? Well, <clears throat> well, because I still have a basic understanding of Spider-Man. I, I mean. To be honest, I, like Hero mentioned, I cut my teeth on the early Spider-Man, early X-Men uh, TV series. Mm-hmm. And animation's been my motiva- motivating factor in my life, so I watched a lot of superhero cartoons. And so I'm a little beyond mainstream who just goes to see the current superhero movies. But for a lot of them, it makes you wonder how much of them are actually going to be interested. Uh, like, like, I don't think they're going to go see a Venom movie without Spider-Man because... It's it's just weird to see the villain of a story without the main character. But at the same time, the average moviegoer, are they really caring about Spider-Man being connected with with Avengers? I mean, I guess to a degree because Avengers was so popular and Civil War was so popular. So, But like for the average moviegoer viewer, I don't know if they necessarily realize like, oh, Spider-Man and Venom are in the same universe but not in the same universe. For me personally, I, I like the idea of world building. So to me, like it makes more sense because seeing how those characters are connected, it gives a sense of better storytelling in my pers- my point of view. Because at this point, superhero movies are kind of episodes in a TV show that just happens to be two hours long. You know, they're not they're not standalone movies anymore. I, I think that's I think that's an intentional business model that they're trying to create. And I, and I and if you had told me you know 15 years ago that anybody would have pulled that off, I would have called you crazy with movies, and they've done it. And so I, I think at this point, that, that train's going. There's no slowing it down. If you all of a sudden start saying, like, well, Spider-Man's in this universe, but he's not in this one. But, like, that just kind of, like, derails that whole plan of action. And honestly, I think Sony's not in the best of shape with their franchises in general. Spider-Man's the one that they have, and they've kind of not had a good run with Spider-Man recently. So that I think that they would be trying to bridge that gap between sooner rather than later with, with, with Marvel. And Marvel wants that, too. Yeah, speaking about Sony, I think Sony's doing some weird stuff right now. So what I wanted to move on to is Sony is doing what's a known as their clean version initiative. Oh my so God. P- supposedly there's a list of 25 movies that they are going to be cleaning up. 
as uh, censoring different, th- not maybe not censoring, maybe cutting out certain parts, changing language, that sort of thing. Now, Seth Rogen has said, please don't, not to my movies. His movies are not on the list. I don't know how you would do Seth Rogen does clean. Art- does, arti- does artistic intention mean nothing to people anymore? Like, I, I, I get it. I get it that the studios technically own the films, and they are allowed legally to do with them what they will. But they hire artists to make films, and they put trust in them to make the best film possible. But this this whole thing just seems like a spit in the face. I, sorry, I had to say that. Please continue. No, yeah, 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 I'm, definitely. I'm, I'm heated. I'm heated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, get heated because I think I think it's bullshit. Personally, uh, it's whoa, like- whoa, whoa! Watch your mouth. Watch <laughs> your mouth. Hashtag clean version. All right. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my spiel without saying a cuss word in it. All right. Uh, Hashtag clean version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag clean version to us uh, at sign the Keeg show. That's our handle on Twitter, on Instagram, right there. Uh, hashtag clean version for uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Basically, on the list of 25 movies were five Spider Man movies, right? The first three, the second two. Isn't it weird that I'm just saying it? The first three, the second two. Homecoming is supposed to have like three movies in that trilogy, so it'll be the first three, second two. Third three, and then, all the, so crossovers. And then all, <laughs> all the crossovers. It's so weird that we have to do that now. So the first three, the second two Spider-Man movies are supposed to have clean version initiatives. Here is the weird part: What in Spider-Man is not clean? Spider-Man is the cleanest, cheesiest superhero franchise. I don't know what. What is it? So I want to pose to you guys. Okay, what are some inappropriate, almost? triple X rated scenes that are in these Spider-Man movies that are definitely going to get cut out. Oh my God. Mm. Uh, Well, definitely that really, really hot sex scene that when, remember when Green Goblin, he busts into uh, Aunt May while she's praying. (laughs) Yeah. And, and she's like, she's she's doing the Lord's Prayer for some reason. He's yeah. like, finish it! Finish it! Oh, no! Th- that scene continues, guys. I know it's been a while. You probably don't remember. He gets oh. off the bat glider, and he's like, now finish this! Oh, and his no. green goblin oh, comes flopping out. His, his <laughs> pumpkin, his <laughs> pumpkin yeah. falls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. And there is an explosion, and he says, finish it! <laughs> no. Like, no. so I don't want my kids seeing that. I'm just no, saying. No, we like, definitely... We definitely That's have to a scene ed- that needs to be cut out. We have to cut that out. I think we do. Hashtag clean version. Hashtag clean version. There's going to be uh, a lot of close-ups on his wrist. Just so you know that the web's coming from his wrist and nowhere else. It's like going to digitally recomposite oh. just close-ups of the wrist. I, I get what you mean. So that you're, it's nothing suggestive. Yeah, because you're saying like as a kid, Yasser, you thought he was shooting webs out of his penis. I mean, the way the camera angles look sometimes, you know, yeah. you, you just you just can't say for sure, you know? I definitely I definitely agree. I think that, uh, I mean, piggybacking off the whole Green Goblin and Aunt May thing, mm-hmm. in the comics, little known fact, Aunt May and Dr. Otto Octavius do date. They almost get married. Uh, so actually in Spider-Man 2, I don't know whether you guys remember this scene, but there is a scene where Alfred Molina uh, has... Uh, eight-limbed sex with Aunt May. 
that girl, like that actress, had the time of her life in those three <laughs> movies because, like, she has a full-on like fellatio scene with Willem Dafoe, who is a very well-endowed man. This is a well-established rumor in Hollywood. Then Alfred Molina, just like the craziest sex. And do you remember three? Like, it's it's her. It's Thomas Hayden Church. And Topher Grace, they're like, we're gonna join up. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna tag team Aunt May to teach Peter Parker a lesson, and they just run a train on her. And like, I I know Marissa Tomei is supposed to be like hot Aunt May, but well, like is. the original Aunt May was like freaky Aunt May because that woman was. got down every fucking movie, right? And damn it, and clean version. Hashtag yeah, we have to version. have a clean version for that because yeah. I feel like this is. In, I don't want my kids watching the original five Spider-Man movies. You know, because of all the the penises yeah. and the pumpkin balls that flop out, they they should remove the the emo dance scene in the third one, regardless. Yeah, <laughs> regard. I think. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I agree I'm with sorry. That. I'm an apologist for that because Peter Parker is a nerd, so he has no idea what it's like to be cool. That is exactly what he thinks it would be like to be cool. Actually, that's a good. And point. we are supposed to go. Oh, this frustrates me because it's Peter Parker. That's it's just Sam Raimi never really hit home that Peter Parker is a nerd. Mm. Um, anecdote about clean versions. Uh, Bruce Campbell, who's been in all three, good friend of Sam Raimi, famous for Evil Dead trilogy. Um, he played the announcer in the first one. He shared a trailer with Bonesaw, um, a macho man uh, himself. And apparently he said he could never go into the trailer because... Uh, he was constantly boning his girlfriend the entire like if he the if, macho man was yeah if 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 mr savage was not on stage he was just backstage just boning his girlfriend and like i bet bruce campbell wishes there was a clean version of that experience <laughs> bone saw bone saw bone saw I got you for three minutes. <laughs> That's what he said to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clean version, you know? Clean version. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gross. Uh, gross. Yeah. yeah so Spider-Man, yeah, those Spider-Man movies, they're, they're not safe for work. They're not safe for anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, being honest, like, there are some gnarly scenes. Yeah. Uh, but listeners out there, please... Um, this week on our on our uh, on Twitter? our Twitter, yeah, yeah, at the Keeg Show at the Keeg Show. I want you guys to put your favorite X-rated scene from the Spider-Man franchises hashtag Clean Version. Um, I will read my favorites next time. So please do that. Don't leave me hanging. All six of you who listen to the show. <laughs> As long as we have more listeners than there are Spider-Man movies, I think we're good. Yeah, no, I think that would, think about that, that would be enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the way the way Sony and Marvel are going, that's gonna be they're gonna outpace this pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have more reboots than we have <laughs> listeners. Um, so, Yasser, there was a lot of recent news about E3, right? Yes. Uh, and you said you watched an entirety of four press conferences. Yes. I want you to tell us all about E3 and what it means for the future. So E3 this year, actually, you know, this is the first year in a long time that they opened to the public. So this is 15,000 extra people. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Long, long lines. I actually, actually was going to get tickets, but then they sold out. But in a weird way, this is also kind of a muted year for E3. Um, there wasn't anything really, really major that was announced that kind of blew people away like in past years. Um, Nintendo had probably the two biggest uh, announcements, but even for those, were just 
you know, mostly just kind of trailers and title cards. They weren't anything much to it. Um, obviously, the big three had their had their semi-ish press conference. Nintendo doesn't really have a press conference. They have more of a, a digital event and then Treehouse Live. But, you know, Sony had a lot of last year's stuff. Uh, they didn't really show anything new. But they um, – and so it's all good, solid, you know, stuff. But if you love Uncharted and stuff like that and Last of Us, a lot of stuff Sony's coming out that way. But uh, they ended their show with a pretty – Fly demo of Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man game by uh, Insomniac Games. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, you know, it's it, it's it looks gorgeous. Um, played very similar from this the one demo they showed to the Arkham series, the combat and the way that worked. A couple QTEs, which is not my favorite thing to do, but I guess it's a way to break up the kind of cinematic stuff of the of the of the game. Sorry, what are QTEs? QTEs are like when you know, in, in a lot of game video games, it's like let's say you're running from a truck, it's a cutscene. So then a QT would be like, well, in the past, if you, you just watched that scene happen. Where nowadays the QT is like, press A to dodge the truck at the right time. Yeah, it's mm. literally quick time event. Mm. Um, like, uh, what was that old that old school video game back in the day where it was just a cartoon, and at points you had to push a button, otherwise you'd die. Mm. Um, uh, Dungeon Quest, right? I, I, I don't I remember played that it. one. Uh, I'm blanking. It might not be All that. I know is, Yasser, you are a QTE. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> He's like, I'm not a quick time event. Everything I do is very deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that quick. Uh, I'm. Uh, you've seen me. I've seen me on a basketball court before. I am not quick. <laughs> you la- hear that, ladies? Yasser lasts a while. He takes his time. He takes his time to get from point A to point B. But you push his button, you'll see a cutscene. <laughs> I don't know if that's the cutscene most people want to see, though, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so we're going to cut out that low self-esteem from the finished product of yeah. this. Yeah, clearly I didn't hit B fast enough. Yeah. This, is, this is the uh, 100% bad ending. Yeah, you have, to ra- you have to raise his esteem meter, so you have to click <laughs> click the button just, real fast. Just, just, just spin the analog spin stick. Spin the analog stick. <laughs> raise his self-esteem. <laughs> Ladies uh, out there, Yasser lasts a long time and has a very big analog stick. Yeah, he's got a dual I, shot. I cannot confirm dual or deny shock. this rumor. Ooh, there we oh, go. There, there we go. go. See, Good na- job. <laughs> Yasser, what was your favorite part about E3? Like, what did you enjoy the most? Or so, what are you most excited about? So I'm, a, I'm you know, pretty biased. I'm a big Nintendo fan. It's, it's been a dream company of mine for as long as I can remember. So I that's what I look forward to the most. Um, and so Nintendo had some pretty big announcements. Um, nothing like major that was shown off, but and they had a new Kirby game, which looked really wonderful. It was like a, a callback to the 64 where you can kind of like multiplayer it and combine powers. And what's that called? Just Kirby right now. Just Kirby. It just, I love just it. Kirby. It's, they just call just it called Kirby. Kirby. Um, they also released a new Yoshi game, which is similar in the vein to the, the Woolly World series that we've been getting in the last couple of years. Looks adorable. It's like kids craft aesthetic. It looks really gorgeous. Again, cool. just called Yoshi. They saw a trailer for those two. Um, Surprise of the show, there was this rumored um, Ubisoft Nintendo crossover called Mario Plus Rabbids. Um, I don't know if you guys know who the Rabbids oh, yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the proto minions. They were before minions, but they're just as annoying as the minions <laughs> are. Oh, yeah. You hate the minions, right? Yeah, I don't like the minions. Oh, yeah. Yasser hates the minions. So do I. They're terrible. No, but yeah, Yasser, you're afraid of the minions, right? I'm not afraid of them. Oh, okay. I'm just making that up. Yeah, I just think they're annoying. You hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a banana that he wants to keep away from the minions. Banana. Oh, God, bananas. Uh, 
But so that was like the surprise because it, this room would be a terrible game. Like, why is this even in existing? But then they actually showed off gameplay of it, and it's like a cross between Mario and Have you guys ever played XCOM? It's like a, a strategy RPG with guns and futuristic aliens. And so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mario literally, Mario and Peach literally have guns that they shoot enemies with, and it's kind of incredible in a weird way. Like, it looks, it looks, it's just on all papers, it shouldn't make sense, but it works. Well, in a really weird way. Yeah, if you if you think about it, like this in our earlier uh, our earlier topic about Nintendo Land, and you also have the Netflix um, Nintendo uh, relationship, which is starting with Castlevania, but they do have plans. That's to not Nintendo. Castlevania is not Nintendo. That's Konami. Oh, that's Konami. Um, well, I did hear rumors that Nintendo was actually starting a, a Netflix deal as well. Um, it seems like uh, Nintendo is is kind of. Again, they're 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 in the kid in the corner of the sandbox playing with their own stuff. Now they're it seems like they're starting to be like, "Hey, you want to play with our stuff too?" That sounds fine. Yeah, you know? they the they are loosening these regulations and rules. And you know, in the past, the the reason they kind of restricted themselves for a long reason is because they all kind of failed. Like the reason that they never made another Hollywood movie was because the Super Mario Brothers movie was was a terrible colossal failure. You know, so that kind of they've always been their own thing. And so now these last couple of years and especially with Nintendo Land, like that's a big deal. Huge. You know, they're they're really starting to like let their people come out. I mean Mario's in a basketball game a couple of years ago. You know, they've had especially with like the newer generation of creators that are coming in. So like the Splatoon crew are all a bunch of young guys. The arms crew is a bunch of young guys. Mm-hmm. And these guys are kind of changing the the style, the way that companies run. Yeah. You know, Miyamoto and the old well, the old guard have always said that they're trying to get the young guys to be more forceful in the way they did. They didn't want to pitch games and discuss games and create games because the old guard's not always going to be there, which is why, you know, with Breath of the Wild that came out, you know, the, the, the latest Zelda game that was such a radical departure in a way, even though it was a callback to the first original Zelda game, it was still led by a lot of younger teams. And they are one, they're the ones that look at, like, all right, well, how does modern gaming work and how do we bring Zelda to revolutionize modern gaming. Yeah, yeah, you so can you, see influences from other games. And that's you know they, they and they and they still make it a Nintendo experience because they know what it means to be a Nintendo experience. But it's an updated it's a it's a much grander vision and scale whereas someone like Miyamoto or Eiji Aonuma who's the producer of the Zelda series have been doing Zelda for 25 years, they have an idea what they have in mind. And so these young guys are bringing in blood. And so that's why you're kind of seeing this renaissance in Nintendo. You're seeing uh, the you know with with arms coming out now and and Splatoon two is coming out in the next month I believe, you know. Yeah, arms looked interesting. It it looked it looked fun. I played it for the first time yesterday. It is a lot of fun. I I mean it's it's a it's a fighting game. If you're not into fighting games, it's like it's kind of hard. It's, it's more like Power Stone than it is like Street Fighter. Uh, if you guys remember that game from Dreamcast, um, but it's it's fun. Like like and I honestly I watched the tournament they had over at E3, um, it was pretty 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 exciting. It, the funniest moment was with the arms tournament. The there was one competitor kind of like blazed through everybody. Like you know he was winning pretty easily, um, and he was really good. And then they challenged the one of the creators of arms, and the competitor got so shellacked, <laughs> like it wasn't even close. Yeah, and no. and it was really funny because you're like this guy, like this, that shows you like how you can actually be good at this game eventually. Yeah. So I interesting with Arms, they're trying to position it as uh, an esport, 
ends up being that route, we'll see because you got to have an audience that kind of grasps onto it and never yeah. lets it go. But Nintendo's that's another thing that Nintendo's doing now. You know, I hope they, I hope this is, leads to more Smash stuff because historically they've been kind of let the Smash community do its own on its own, and I think the Smash community could always use a little bit more than Nintendo kind of push to help it kind of even grow and prosper more. So, like, are you talking about becoming a more legitimized e game? Yeah. Okay. Right now, Melee and Smash Four are kind of their own separate entity outside of Nintendo, and Nintendo does little small stuff like sponsor little things. Um, but nothing on the caliber of like StarCraft or no, they don't uh, Call of Duty or and something like that. And I think like you know Nintendo should be doing that. Oh, absolutely. And I think I like to see if if they can get Arms and Splatoon off the ground. That this is you know they, Nintendo just actually just created a, a brand new Twitter account for esports where okay. they've been tweeting Smash Brothers and Splatoon and Arms. And so, I, I it's signs of progress. But Nintendo has historically been kind of a slower company when it comes to these kind of things cool so then just to quickly wrap up the the three the, the really one of the biggest ones they announced a core pokemon game for the switch literally what but, i'm excited for that i oh, don't i don't know what's going on but i am excited but no but the thing is all they did was the ishihara the one of the heads of pokemon company just was on camera was like hey by the way nonchalantly we're working on a core pokemon game switch that's all goodbye like it was literally like five seconds and it wasn't even a title card. It wasn't even named. He just said sometime in the next, in like in a year or so, it'll be released. Oh, man. So it's still a while away. But the fact that you have a <clears throat> core Pokemon game now coming to the Switch, you know, how's that going to change? Because Pokemon relies on that second screen now of the DS for so long now. Mm-hmm. But the models, the the way the world's going to be built, like this is a much more powerful system. It's going to be bonkers. Yeah. And yeah, it's going to no, be a long, crazy. hard wait for that. We've talked, we talked about, I think, last week or the week before about. Because they're they have DX tournament, which is which is what like the deluxe version of like Pockin. Po- yeah, uh, coming to Switch, and they're doing Ultra Moon and Ultra Sun, which you know is the little update coming to 3DS and 2DS. But it's either they, an update or a sequel, like Black and White Two was. Oh, but nobody oh, knows for nobody sure. Nobody knows. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I was waiting for. Uh, I had always heard when the Switch was like first like talked about that there would be a pokemon big pokemon game coming to it but then nobody talked about it at all and now this is coming out and they're saying core pokemon game i think to to separate it from like pokemon mystery dungeons yes. and all those like puzzle games that don't matter i think Shit, they're saying so that these games matter snap i would love to, <laughs> I, would love I would love pokemon, pokemon snap yeah, are you making fun of pokemon snap no uh, to go back to earlier that's what the pokemon ride should be at oh Nintendo. my god a, a water ride pokemon snap <gasps> boom that would be so good. Oh my Pokemon God. Snap ride. Oh, oh my God. And then okay, you, could, yeah. you could email the pictures, you know, like at the end of Buzz Lightyear's Blast Off, you can send the pictures to yourself and mm. stuff with your high score. So you could send like your best pictures and stuff. It would be <sighs> heaven. Yes. You could do an augmented cool. reality thing there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because then the Pokemon could do different things every single time. Oh, dude, give up on Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go should become Pokemon Go Snap. Yeah. Where instead of trying to catch it, you just, like, take pictures of them and try and get, like, high scores. Put them on your social media stuff. Yeah, more like Pokemon. Oh, snap! (laughs) Oh, snap! (laughs) So, like, yeah, so big deal. Big, big deal when that comes out. You know, uh, uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon are still selling millions around the world. Um, And then... They announced not one, they kind of announced two Metroid games. What? Which, and one's a sequel to Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 4. You know, this Metroid hasn't had a franchise, I'm thinking like eight, nine years, apart from some spinoffs like Federation Force last year. So, like, this is like, I mean, it was literally just a title card and some music, but that kind of set the internet 
on fire because people were like, oh, my God, like this is finally happening. Because it's been a long rumored joke. Um, and then and they also announced a remake of uh, the original Metroid 2 for Sweet. 3DS, which looks really Sweet. good. But last point, Showstopper was one game of the year for many, many publications was Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Mario Odyssey looks gorgeous. It has the probably one of the craziest catch, captured mechanics I've ever seen. You can like, Mario. Those don't haven't seen the trailer. Mario can throw his hat, and his hat can kind of like take over, and he can become that thing. So like, what? Yeah, it's the most absurd trailer in the world. He literally transforms into all the enemies. He transforms into real people. He can transform. That was weird. That was also weird. I noticed that there were real people. So yeah. Mario's still a cartoon version, but he's in the real world as well. That's yeah. like a land of its own. He can be a T Rex. Like, there's literally a T Rex. Wait, can, can we have a Mario Bowser? Bowser wears so the, the thing is if yeah. the person wears a hat you can't take it over. Oh. So Bowser has this a white boss hat, right? white top hat. Wait, wait. This may be veering into creepy pasta territory, but what if Mario is not Mario? What if Mario is just a sentient hat and he fell on some dude, some Italian guy? Some Italian guy and he's like, "No, I'm Mario." What if like without the hat Mario isn't even Italian? Oh man. What if, what if the hat is Mario Mario and oh. the dude we all know as Mario with the bo- with the nose and the mustache is just some dude named Phil or something? I feel like he'd be Armenian. Yeah, I'd buy that. I'd buy that. <laughs> I I don't see any reason why not. I, I feel like he could be anything. He could be Polish for all we know. Yeah. But the point is, he is the host of a parasitic hat who has taken over his mind and has forced him to go on adventure after adventure for 30 years. You know what this actually sounds like, literally? You guys ever watch Darkwing Duck? There were the alien hats as villains in Darkwing Duck. There were three alien hats that had eyeballs attached to the hats. This is literally the same thing. And the hats went on their heads, and then they got taken over. Well, now I don't want to wear hats anymore. Yeah. But with Mario Odyssey, it looks crazy because he can throw his hat onto a taxi, and suddenly he becomes the The taxi. taxi. (laughs) Let's go. Like, like, <laughs> just watch this trailer. Have it's, a walk in here. It's so absurd, and it looks amazing. So much fun to play. And call back to earlier, we were talking about like story continuity. Mario, the mayor of so the 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 city world that he goes through is called New Donk City. What? And it's called New Donk City, and it's a uh, New Dong. New Donk. Okay. And it's a callback to the original Mario Brothers with Donkey, Donkey Kong, original Donkey Kong game. Oh. So. The mayor, so that's all the steel girders and the city, like that's what's called back to you. Okay. And guess who the mayor of New Donk City Pauline. is? Pauline. Pauline. Oh, Whoa. shit. His girlfriend oh. from the original. No, dude, that's what we're going to find out. We're going to find out Mario isn't Mario at all. Mario is some dude. No. And it's the hat. It's no, the hat. No, I, okay. I, your fan theory, you can have it. But I'm excited for this callback to this po- continuity. Uh-huh. Like Pauline, nobody ever remembers Pauline, and why aren't they together? I want to know. The only thing she's been in outside the original Donkey Kong was the Mario versus Donkey Kong minis, uh, 3DS puzzle games. That's right, she was. Oh. In that. uh, so yeah, she was also in the film. She was featured in the film. Was she? Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Luigi is trying to get Mario to do something. She's like, "Hey, Pauline's calling." He's like, "I don't want to talk to her." Oh. <laughs> it's just, it's just like that. <laughs> it's like a throwaway line. That's I didn't realize that. Yeah. Because it, what's weird about the movie is it has Daisy in it, not Peach. Yes. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. that's Daisy in the movie, not it's Peach. Daisy. Well, because um, because of early mistranslations and things like that, she was called Peach and Daisy. Really? Were they the yeah, same? Interchangeably. Well, because. Daisy first appeared in Super Mario Land. 
mm-hmm. for uh, Game Boy. And I always remember that. That was Daisy. Peach was in the Super Mario Brothers ones. Yeah. And then later on, there's yeah. they're like two. Dude, the story behind the Super Mario Brothers movie is one of the most fascinating things ever. We don't have time for it today, but I'll talk about it. One yeah, of yeah, days. De- definitely. Just, that that'll be my next segment. I'll just talk about the Mario <laughs> you, Brothers. You keep movie. formulating your next segment. This the, the episode before <laughs> it's, it's it called comes enticing the audience yeah, 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 to yeah. listen more. No, that's good. That's yeah. good. So go watch that trailer. It'll blow your mind. It's, okay. Honestly, it comes out in October and uh, uh, August. I'm gonna get a Switch. October. Sorry. Um, if they're look with the s- games that have been slated, I doubt Switches are even gonna be on sale. They're still not. Yeah, and not. I need Although to figure I, it out. I will say, if you do want one, uh, Arms already came out. Nintendo has been like pushing supply when a big game comes out. So the Tomb Two comes out next next month. If you're looking for a Switch, like I am, like run out and get it on Splatoon's date. I think you really should. That's when you should be looking for Switches. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I need to get a Switch of my own. There is a lot of a lot of really great games coming out, um, and E3 kind of showed it. And you said this is the first year that E3 opened up to the public? Not the first year. First year in a long time. It used to be a trade show, then it was a public show, and then it went back to being a trade show, and this is the first year they opened it back up to the public. Okay. So, like, I heard lines were, like, two hours long to play some of the games, which is kind of absurd. And there's lots of other games that came out in E3. Like, even though it was kind of a low-key year, we don't have time to talk about them now. Anthem for EA, you know, and Microsoft had some exclusives, and Sony's had other exclusives. So there's still a lot out there. Ubisoft had the new Assassin's Creed. Um, But again, it it wasn't anything for a bombshell year except for, you know, Metroid and Pokemon for Nintendo. Really, That's really about it. I heard Nintendo owned E3. Like, not owned it, but, like, owned it. Yeah, I think so. Because it's just the other ones that had the most new-ish looking stuff. I mean, a lot of Microsoft was guns, again. A lot of Sony was third-person action adventure. Yeah. And that's kind of like their bread and butter. Well, now. I mean, outside of Nintendo, most people use E3 as an opportunity to lie to consumers about what their products are going to be. Like, how many times have we seen videos of, like, this is actual game content, and I'm like, that's not actual game content. Yeah. Like, don't lie to me. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft did announce new hardware th- this year, Xbox One X, again, taking some of Nintendo's terrible naming practices, uh, with their new hardware, uh, but it's like the true first, first quote unquote true 4K console. Um, again, but a lot of Microsoft games are also coming to PC, so it basically depends on if you are in Microsoft brand. May look at Xbox One X. It's five hundred dollars, little pricey, but Xbox One S, which is the slim model of the Xbox One, is getting dropped price to two fifty. Basically, but again, 4K TV, 4K games is not essential yet. There's, you don't, most people don't even have 4K TVs yet. No. There's not that many games that are going to take advantage of 4K. But yeah. muted year at E3, still good year, uh, but muted in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm super, okay, I love Nintendo. I'm all about Mario and Pokemon, really. Then it was a good year for you. Same with me. I'm Nintendo first and foremost, so for me it was still a pretty sizable year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have much more time left. We will be going over nostalgia culture with Hero next week. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, uh, the great thing about nostalgia culture is we keep looking to the past. So <laughs> if we keep putting it in the future, that's kind of, that works for me. Yeah, it's all thematic here at the Keeg. Yeah. Uh, everything that we do, if you listen to every 
every episode, you'll see there's layers to everything, right? Yeah. There's sort of a philosophical yeah. uh, uh, a theme and thesis to yeah. every yeah. episode. Well, honestly, it was just going to be t- so profane laden that we're doing hashtag clean version this yeah. episode, so I just I couldn't do it. I'll we do it next it week. We, uh, let's just say we actually did it, but it was so profane that was, we had to cut it out. Yeah, the FCC straight up called yeah, us. Yeah, they knocked on our door literally right now. Just, we'll, we'll have a late night version of the Keeg where we just bring it back in. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. late night Keeg. <laughs> late, because late. yeah, I mean, we are ex- like we have the explicit like label on all those podcast oh, uh, places. So, oh, what are all those podcast places? Oh, I will. Just by uh, the way, Dimitri. Well, yeah, uh, I'll go over it. Um, basically, we are now the Keeg is now on iTunes. So where you get your podcasts on iTunes, we're now on Google Play. We are now on SoundCloud. And soon enough, we will be on Stitcher. So no matter whether you have an Android phone or an Apple phone, you will be able to listen to the Keeg whenever you want. And we are a weekly show now. So start off your week with the Keeg, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's just like eating breakfast. It's good for your soul. There we go. (laughs) There we go. And there's a lot of sugar there, right? But you you pick the the right cereal. They got a little bit of fiber in there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of what we are. Yeah, we're the fiber. We're, you hear well, that, sh- ladies? Yasser is good for your body. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to before I get going. I want to thank you guys both for being on the show. I know we we hit a lot of uh, topics, hit a lot of tangents, taught a little, learned a little, uh, loved a little, loved a little, as you know, we can only hope from a podcast. Uh, Yasser. Where can we see you next, hear you next, do anything with you next? Are you online? What do you do? I, I do have a Twitter. Um, I can't remember the handle. Okay. I, I think it's Yasser528Mullick. Um, How do you spell that, Yasser? Y-A-S-I-R-528-M-A-L-I-K. Or it's YasserMullick528. One of the two. I'm not... Looking it up, because I, I guess I can know this yasser your twitter handle is yasser y-a-s-i-r 528 m-a-l-i-k all right i did call it all right good did you get that right right. right. okay you remembered your own twitter you know i I, i'm still learning on the ways of the twitter twitter verse i've only been on there for a year now so and nobody really cares what I have to say. But if you happen to want to talk about animation, like I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm working on it. And I was in, in the animation industry, so I'm always on talk cartoons. That's that's my that's my jam or Nintendo because that's also my jam. Yeah, there you go. Tweet Yasser at Yasser five two eight Malik, right? Yes. And you'll talk to them about anything. Yes. You know what? I will say, I'll throw the gauntlet down right now. I will talk to you about anything. There we go. There we go. You there. heard it here first. Yeah. Hopefully, Yasa remembers his Twitter handle to be able to access all I remember that. my password to log He's in. He's just going <laughs> to get a lot of sexual innuendos about joysticks. Yeah. <laughs> How does your Twitter handle? Oh. Mm. Zinga. Mm. All right. And uh, really quick, what are you playing right now? Just so everybody out there knows what you're playing. What am I playing right now? Yeah. Uh, a lot of Civilization. I have a friend that... We, I, I'm a big multiplayer gamer, so the games consultation are me are games that I play with my friends. So Civ, Civ is always up there in Smash. I'm still... you know, I'm not good at Smash, but it's still my favorite game. Who's your character? Kirby. It's been Kirby, since, you're a Kirby guy. since 64. There's only one true Smash character, and that's Black Bowser. 
Whoa, Black Bowser, Bam Bam. <laughs> I was about to Black Bowser, Bam Bam. Uh, that's my character. I rock at him. Yeah, uh, Hero, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, yet again. Yes. Hero actually is never scheduled for a show. He just stands outside the door. It's we, true. We can't get in nope. until we let him be on each yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Last week, um, I, I, I stubbed my toe and stepped away from the door for five minutes. I pushed him away and... You know, missed, the rest was history. Missed the opportunity. Uh, where can we see you next, Hero? What do you got right. going on? All right. Well, you can always follow me on Twitter at Hero is my name uh, I post some funny stuff. I post <laughs> some political stuff. I post some stupid stuff. Um, and I will post more if I have more followers. Um, be sure to send or at least tag me in the hashtag clean version stuff. And that's at at the Keeg Show. You can also follow me at Laugh Chance um, to catch uh, improv shows that I am in. The next one is June 23rd. That's Friday at Chance Theater. So all of you in Orange County or in the L.A. County area, come on down to Chance Theater um, or follow us at least at Laugh Chance. You can also follow me at Fancy Hobo Improv for more improv stuff. I do a lot of comedy and I'm very funny. And I'll throw down the gauntlet. I'll talk to you about anything about Yasser as well. So, <laughs> like, feel free. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, well, I got everything. I got my next live show. I got all my Twitter handles. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Uh, remember, hashtag clean version. We want to hear your clean versions of uh, Sony's Spider-Man movies, all yeah. five of them. Oh, yeah. The first three, the second two. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't even touch the Garfield ones. Those ones are riddled with just sex scenes. Yeah, but I'm keeping those in. Oh yeah, because the memory bank. You love Andrew Garfield. No, I was gonna say Emma Stone. Yeah, I know you were, but it's it's 2017. You can open yeah. up about your even Andrew Garfield even love. Sally Field though. Oh yeah, I feel like Aunt May just gets hotter and hotter. Yeah, yeah. like I, yeah. He really likes her. He yeah. really really <laughs> likes her. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel, uh, you know. Uh, the hashtag clean version and tell us your stuff. Um, and then on the side note, you can also hack to hashtag uh, what Yasser uh, wants and just talk to Yasser there. Yep. I don't know. I just I'm listening. I'm all ears. Yeah. 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 Let's talk Yas. Let's talk Yas. Um, so uh, once again, <laughs> I want you, uh, you guys uh, to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, if you could please like, comment, and subscribe to anything that we have on social media. So what are our social media? Well, we have Facebook, right, at facebook.com slash thekeeg. We also have a YouTube uh, channel, youtube.com slash thekeeg. And we also have a Twitter and an Instagram, both of which have the handles at thekeegshow, right? So uh, feel free, like, comment, subscribe to us there. You can have conversations with us, ask us any questions. Perhaps it might end up on the air. We are also now, again, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, so you can listen to our shows there. Um, there's a lot going on with the Keeg, and we just keep getting bigger and better and mm -hmm. um, more gentle when we need to be and rough yeah. when we need to be. Yeah, and if you don't like anything we're doing, you know, uh, go ahead, post it on one of those social media sites. We will totally ignore it, but we will appreciate your feedback nonetheless. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll at least read it and then kind of... Yeah, and cry. We'll cry. We'll cry. Yeah, we might film the crying. Yeah. So that's oh, also a cool we'll thing. That, yeah. So um, if you want to see grown men cry and grown women cry, this is your chance. Yeah, yeah. there we go. There we go. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you guys learned a little bit and enjoyed a little bit and loved a little bit. Uh, once again, I am your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been The Keeg.